Cruise Control streams live every Saturday starting at 10 a.m. Eastern. Watch us live on Facebook and YouTube. Details are in this podcast's episode information. This is Cruise Control. Control. Your on-air automotive magazine with co-hosts Fred Staub and Les Jackson. Control. Everything you need to know about new and used cars. Control. Industry news. We'll fix or repair your car on the air. Control. Fasten your seatbelts and let us take the wheel. Now, your ride is about to begin. Control. Because you're on Cruise Control. Cruise Control. Cruise Control. And welcome, everybody, to Cruise Control. This is your on-air automotive magazine. You know us, guys. I'm Les Jackson. That guy is Fred Staub. And, of course, no surprise here, we are armed with a ton of, I think, an actual ton of, uh, of information in the automotive world. Uh, nothing stays stagnant. It just keeps changing. Yeah, there's a lot to get to, Les. We're going to have a great interview this hour, and uh, uh, an American icon has been updated. No, not Les Jackson. He is no, still no, uh, Les Jackson 1.0. But uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. but we're going to start this hour with a question. Could Alexa take you on your next vehicle test drive? We'll tell you about some new technology that VW is trialing, and maybe that could be the future of the industry. Interesting. Uh, We have a lot of things. Kia reveals its Sorento hybrid and plug-in hybrid, and we have the pricing. Yeah, we have the pricing on those two models. I'm actually driving a RAV4 hybrid now, and Ah. I'm I'm pretty impressed with it, but uh, we'll talk about those two Kia models. And Toyota, we're going to talk a little tech. Toyota is talking about hitchless towing. Imagine if you could tow a trailer without it being connected to your vehicle. What? What? How'd they do that? <laughs> uh, okay, would you please not do that near me? We'll um, talk about it. It could be something, uh, well, we'll explain it. It needs a little explanation, yes, right? we will. And, and I have personal experience here. Why is BMW limiting their electric vehicles range? <laughs> yeah, well... We'll tell you what the limit is. When you, you hear limits, you're thinking, oh, boy, what am I going to get, like 90 miles? But yeah. it's actually better than that. Um, no, it's not. Well, <laughs> well, it's pretty good. I'll tell you. It's pretty It's pretty good. We'll yep. tell you about that. That's but true. Also, the code name is S650. Do you know what that is, Les? Uh, it's not a Mercedes uh no, but it sounds like model. it could be. It, it could be. It, it sounds like it could be with that number and letter combination. But actually, it is the seventh generation Ford Mustang. There's plenty of new developments. And Jim Owens, Mustang marketing manager, will once again rejoin us on uh, Cruise Control. He's been with us a number of times. He is a Mustang enthusiast, <laughs> to say the least. Yep. Yeah, so he's going to join us and tell us all about that seventh generation. We always talk about this when you're redesigning something like the F-150 or the Ford Mustang. These are such important vehicles. You can't mess it up. I don't think they've messed it up. They've done – it's sort of a vehicle that's going to live – you know, with some old school updates like the V8 and then a new school full screen interior. We'll see what that's like. And Jim's going to be by and tell us all about it and including a new model that will be their performance leader. We'll talk about that and more when 
Uh, I return along with Les Jackson and hopefully That's you us. as well. We'll be right back on Cruise Control. Cruise Control is your on-air automotive magazine. Check us out at cruisecontrolradio.com. Cruise Control. And welcome back to Cruise Control, your on-air automotive magazine. We're glad you join us this and every week. And uh, also, don't forget to check us out on our YouTube page and um, all our social media outlets, Facebook, Instagram, and more. I'm Fred Staub. Les Jackson is here as well. And it's time to take a look at what's going on in the automotive industry. Can you remember back, Les, when's the last time you were on a test drive in a new vehicle? Wow. Uh, you mean uh, actually buying one? Well, on a test drive, you know, maybe you were considering a car and uh, you went to the dealer um, and they're like, you want to take a test drive? Well, that would be about 1987. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, I remember it. I remember it when I bought the Cruise Control Vibe and I had already driven the car. I think I had even been on the launch event and... Uh, I told him I don't need a test drive. I'm very familiar with the car. And the guy had to do it because otherwise he didn't get paid. So it was literally mm. like, okay, well, then let's just drive around and w I don't want you to miss out on any money. And he went through his whole spiel, you know, and he was pretty knowledgeable about it, actually. Yeah, but, but, but again... I, I told you, him, it's fine. If you don't want to do that, I'll just yeah, say you, you did You don't need you know? to explain the car to me right. because... I know it. Yeah. Yeah. So, so anyway, uh, that was my last test drive. But a lot of people talk about test drives where, you know, first of all, you only get a short distance. It's a predetermined length. It's a predetermined right. uh, path. And sometimes you don't get the right information. I know people have bought cars. One who asked, well, where's the button to, that I push to? you know, say the destination I want to go to or control the radio. <laughs> and she was told by the um, dealer person, oh, no cars do that. This was only oh, a few years that, ago. Yeah, they've only done it since about 2000, I think. And this was uh, 2017. So it was only off by 17 years. And how many people, what percentage of people do you think don't take test drives at all? Well, I think I, it's large. I think that's a mistake because if you get in a car and you realize, yeah. oh, wow, that rear window comes up so high, I can't see anything. Or, wow, you know, uh, these seats are really uncomfortable or anything like that, you know? Yeah. I mean, think of how many cars we test in a given year that many of which are just don't fit. They don't fit. The seat hits the back of your knees. You ever have that? Yeah. 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 Well, Volkswagen is introducing Alexa to the um, to, and that's not Alexa driving. That's the customer. No, that would be a real person. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> to the test drive uh, experience, and what it would be is you get in the car, perhaps by yourself, and you're driving along, and you say, "Hey, Alexa." How would I uh, change radio stations, you know, just using my voice? Or hmm. how? Uh, what's what's the mileage on this car? What's the electric range? Because we should mention that because it's basically being rolled out in the ID4, their electric SUV. And 
I think this is great because you know the information's going to be correct, right? It's not going to be That's made right. up or or just uh, BSed through the uh, through the um, test drive. You know, it's going to be accurate, if not at least, you know, <laughs> uh, the same information every time. Um, they're doing this. They're building in um, some equipment into the vehicles to do this, and it will. Like you could say, well, I understand there's massaging seats. Oh, yes. Would you like me to turn them on so you can check them out? Um, so this is, uh, this is, I think, the future of test drives. What do you think? Well, it also tells people a bunch of stuff they should, should have known had they read the owner's manual. Uh, well, which if people don't do. Oh, you mean like it's a live owner's manual as well? Right. Yeah. Yeah. But I think, I think that's. I think that's... this is just for the test drive, though. It's special equipment they're okay, putting okay. in the car. So I don't think I don't think it's going to stay with the vehicle. I think it's just special equipment. But to your point, that uh, many cars now have this, where you can ask it a question and it will. Yeah. Like for one thing, I have in the Toyota that's annoying, and Lexuses do this too, of course, because the same company is they constantly say you should look at a tutorial video on how to use this. It's like no, <laughs> I don't want to look at it. And I say no, yeah. and it keeps coming. I just want to know. Yeah, I don't have time to sit and look at that. If it was my actual vehicle, maybe I would look at it, but uh, you know, I just I just want to get going and use it. But. Uh, yeah, Alexa-powered uh, interactive test drives. I think that's something you will see. I think uh, it may all be done in the future with AI, where you're just sitting there and experience it. Who knows? Mm -hmm. So a little bit of tech uh, leading off this hour of cruise control. When we come back, we're going to tell you about uh, Kia revealing some new models, and we have some pricing on them as well. So stay tuned to Cruise Control, your on-air automotive magazine. We'll be right back. Cruise Control. Hey, welcome back to Cruise Control. We, uh, we being me and Fred, uh, we, we've just been looking into the 2023 Kia Sorento hybrids. There are two. There's a hybrid hybrid. And then there's the, how do you call it? What? Well, uh, uh, they call it an HEV, a hybrid electric vehicle. So okay. That's the but, first one. But the plug-in hybrid, of course. PHEV. Okay. I just, I'll call it hybrid because that's, <laughs> what, that's what people. How about um, one's red? The red one is the hybrid and the excellent. white one is the plug-in. And the white hybrid. one is the plug-in. Perfect. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and anyway, um, <laughs> they, they Kia always does a great job with their vehicles. They sure do. Um, they're coming in. Um, <clears throat> you know, they they've got an all-wheel drive version, mm -hmm. uh, so you can get anything you want. And typically, Kia is loaded with features, uh, even at the lower price levels. So, oh, absolutely. Uh, and don't forget that 10-year drivetrain warranty. Yeah. It's that's, great. It's, man, it's, that's important these days. Uh, I tell you, uh, I've been driving a lot of cars the last couple of weeks, some of them electric, and and I'm convinced I wouldn't buy an electric car. 
just it's yet. interesting you say that because i had this discussion with uh, some people on our trip up to new york uh, upstate new york and i said the same thing i said you you really need to to uh, your lifestyle and the conditions surrounding you need to be ready yeah for an electric uh i would get a hybrid Absolutely. I would yep. get a hybrid uh, or a plug-in hybrid. That is really yep. where we're at today. Um, and it's not the cars. It's the infrastructure. It's not the, it's the infrastructure. The cars yeah, are as, fine. They should yeah, charge had, faster. They should charge right. faster and hold more electricity. I think that will come. But the infrastructure is pitiful. The infrastructure, interestingly, we were out in the country uh, in the Adirondacks, and we stopped at an apple place, mm-hmm. you know, that sells apples and pies and not computers, you know, an, an orchard place. <laughs> yeah. And there were four uh, EV charging stations there. So the owner must be an enthusiast and in the middle of nowhere, but they were just uh, level two. Right. And boy, um, I just thought, what? You know who's who's going to? I don't <laughs> who's know. coming to that? Well, I had anyway. a I had a theory where I went to the or a theory experience where I went to the charging uh, place that was on the app, and there was just a cable sticking out of the ground. Something had happened to the charger; it had been removed. I don't know. Somebody hit it. Yep. It, it was just a bunch of wires laying on the ground, an electrical wire sticking out of the ground. So it's not quite there yet, but but. That brings us to what we're going to talk about next, and that is the Kia uh, hybrid and plug-in hybrid. This is, happens to be the plug-in hybrid. Let's talk pricing because pretty much across the board I've found, and I'm currently driving a Toyota um, hybrid RAV4, they go for probably 35 to 40 some odd thousand for a, mm-hmm. just a hybrid, not a plug in hybrid. And that's what we see here with the 2023 Sorento. The EX starts at 36,590 uh, for front wheel drive, the EX all wheel drive, 38,390. And then the XX SXP, 42,390. The all wheel drive version gets 36. Uh, combined and uh, 33, I'm, I guess that's 36. Uh, I don't have it called out here. I think they, oh, there it is. Yeah, 36 city, 33 right. com, uh, highway combined, 34 miles to the gallon, which is not all that bad, is it? That's not bad. It's a relatively large car. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Made in the U.S. Passenger. Made yeah. in the U.S., been to, been to that plant. Uh, so... That's that, but let's look at the plug-in hybrid. The plug-in hybrid, of course, is just like the hybrid, but this gets 32 miles of full electric power. So you're completely on electricity. It's great if you um, just want to you know, be electric around town, uh, and then it becomes a full hybrid. And the great thing about that is with 32 miles of electric range, you can fully charge the battery in about three and a half hours using a level two charger. So really, you could almost just not even install a charger in your home with this vehicle and just charge it overnight uh, if you didn't want that added right. expense. Just use the regular plug. Um, 
so this one, these typically go close to $50,000 because of that added battery. And this is kind of holds the price kind of uh, holds with that format with the new Kia plug-in hybrid electric vehicle, the Sorento. The XSP goes for $49,890. And then um, I think that's just, there's just one model of that. Yeah, there's just the SXP, $49,890. And uh, there you have it. You know, it has a hundred and... 15-volt inverter. You can power your laptop and some other items. And if you really want to dip your toe into the world of electrics, either a hybrid or a plug-in hybrid, I think, are the way to go right now. And I think it is, too. I really, I, I've, well, I've been saying for a long time that full electrics and re reasonable infrastructure are really the, in the 2030 range. Yeah. Um, and it just seems that's that's not changing. Well, and it's not just the chargers. It's the electric grid has to be updated. It's the grid. Yeah. Um, there's a tremendous amount of work. It could be decades, I would say. You know. Well, yeah, I don't think it'll be decades, but it, it's we are right now where the gasoline infrastructure was about the 1930s. Yeah, I guess so. You no, know, they were around, but you had to plan to go find gas. I still think the future is should involve some internal combustion engines. I think, though, if you electrified every vehicle, mm -hmm. uh, that would be a good way. That would be, you know, why? Because it's always great to have options. <laughs> well, yes, and and I think uh, internal combustion engines. In the mid thirties, twenty thirties, will be hydrogen fueled. That's true too. There's another mm -hmm. option. We can't can do that. Just can't put it all in one bucket. That's what I'm thinking. And you know, one size never fits all, uh, or not well. It it, they, no. it either gets very loose or very tight. One size fits it's, all. <laughs> it's like so. like that old Midas muffler TV commercial where the the guy at the at the at the at the crummy muffler shop has one muffler that it telescopes in and out to fit any car <laughs> and a whole bunch of clamps and those flex a pipes. bunch of clamps and fittings <laughs> yeah flex pipes that that's that's the good thing <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah well um we're gonna uh, be coming up on a great segment with jim owens he's uh the marketing manager for mustang he's going to be joining us he is a great advocate for the car and he's got a lot to talk about this is codenamed s650 it's really the seventh generation mustang incredible vehicle always a difficult time to update a legend but uh, he's going to be by real soon after the break to tell us about this new seventh generation they've got a lot of technology and a lot of tricks up their sleeves and um, it's it's really exciting and they also got some big news about racing too they're going back to uh -huh. long with the mustang so wow that's uh, that's big stuff Big stuff and exciting stuff, and uh, Jim is going to join us after the break. So if you are a Mustang fan, you're going to be excited. I um, and I heard the Dark Horse. There's a clip of it up on the web, and uh, it is 
you know, Mustangs sound great, but the Dark Horse really, really, their performance version really sounds intense. So coming up, we're going right. to talk everything Mustang, everything Mustang 7th generation. Stay tuned to Cruise Control. I'm Fred Staub. He is Les Jackson. We will be right back. Stay tuned. We are live every Saturday at 10 a.m. Eastern. Watch us on Facebook and YouTube. Details are in this podcast's episode information. Cruise Control. And welcome back to Cruise Control, your on-air automotive magazine. Fred Staub and Les Jackson. And we've been joined by Jim Owens, who is, uh, well, I would say... One of the best advocates for the uh, Mustang brand. Jim, welcome to Cruise Control. Uh, Fred, Les, it's always good to join you and talk about, you know, even though I get paid to be the Mustang brand manager, probably something I would be doing uh, whether I was getting paid or not. I love this stuff, and it's so nice talking to people like yourselves who are passionate about it. Oh, yeah. Yes, and and uh, Fred, have you owned a Mustang in the past? I own two of them. Yeah, they were not the seventh generation, though, Les. Well, no. But if Ford saw fit to give me one. Oh, I, wait a minute. Here comes the shakedown. Uh, here, uh, uh, here, let me reach over my back and get you a set of keys. Yeah, yeah. Please, please do. <laughs> Maybe a die-cast one, Les. The fact is, you know, the uh, Mustang has always... <laughs> there he goes. He's there we go. Excellent. The 17 to walk Excellent. <laughs> there you go. It's right for you, Les. Did it's perfect. As, as long as there's a seat and an engine, uh, you know, I'm happy. Yeah. Uh, well, I, windshield wipers. Yeah. Those help. Yeah. Um, but Heck, even NASCAR got windshield wipers for the road courses now. You know, wow. came into the 21st yeah. century. Pretty soon they're going to have heated seats and, and a sink system. <laughs> I, yep. And a, <laughs> and a stereo. Coming happen. up, turn left. Yeah, turn left. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, well, Jim, uh, I mean, huge week. This is called the, the Stampede because there's a new breed of Mustang. There's a new herd of Mustang. A uh, big reveal, um, and I mean that that had to keep you busy. I know you like to talk oh. and talk about the car, but uh, where do we begin? I mean, let's. I think you should begin, uh, Fred, and Les, like, um, oh. and give credit to the communications team and the, and the design team on how we kind of set this up. But we started at the LeMay Automotive Museum out in Washington and had one, at least one of each generation drive in the drive home program there. So they made 12 stops along the way. Um, and then one of the stops, the last stop was at world headquarters at one American road in Dearborn, mm -hmm. where we had more than a thousand Mustangs show up. Wow. Wow. We led a thousand Mustangs down. Um, and it was kind of funny. Uh, President Biden was also at the auto show at the same time. So they had the roads closed going outbound to the airport and the roads closed going in for the Mustangs to drive in um, to, to launch the seventh generation. So you had every single generation represented. You probably had every model year. Now, I went through the lot and saw pretty much every single model year that drove down to Hart Plaza in Detroit, where we brought in Mustang owners you know, Mustang clubs, media, and enthusiasts to have an outdoor party 
to unveil the seventh generation Mustang. So you had music and DJs and food. It felt like a Sunday car, cars and coffee on steroids, <laughs> embracing, embracing the Mustang culture to reveal the Mustang. And, you know, previously, like when we did the 2020 Shelby GT500, at Nias, dropped it from the auto show ceiling, you know, came down, spun around, start the engine, and all for probably media and press. Right. What better way to launch the seventh generation than to include all of our clubs, all of our owners, you know, the next generation of Mustang owners who will be embracing the seventh generation to unveil this wonderful car. Well, let's talk about it. And, uh, you know, on these cars, there's no real base level, but the EcoBoost, I have to say, yeah. I drove this, the older generation of this, and it was at an event, and I left in it, and I kept driving it. I think they were calling the state police to say, <laughs> where where did Fred go? He just left. Did he have a problem? I It just put a smile on my face, although it was different because I'm looking at the Mustang, yeah. and I'm, I'm hearing a performance four-cylinder exhaust note, and it was sort of like you know those movies where they dub in the different sound for the car. That was the only yeah. difference. It felt light. <laughs> it felt fun, and it's back, isn't it? Uh, as, it as, harkens back. It harkens back to that old SVO Mustang. Yeah. You remember that old oh, four-cylinder sure. turbocharged that the was in the Thunderbird? Wing. Yeah. Yeah, the Thunderbird, um, you know, remember Motor Trend Car of the Year, the Turbo Coupe? Um, yeah, right. It was in the Mercure. Remember the old XR4TI? Oh, yes. Um, yeah. So, anyways, that four-cylinder, um, it's evolved, obviously. Um, but the one that we've launched for this seventh-generation Mustang is the fourth generation of the 2.3 and is all new. And it's going to be more powerful and more efficient. Now, we now don't... if you think about our 05, Fred, yeah. our 05 4.6-liter V8 had 300 horsepower. Right. Right, and we were all excited about it. Um, wow. The Gen 7 will have more than 300 horsepower in the EcoBoost. Wow. Yeah, that that's just remarkable, um, and 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 reliable. You know, they they just don't break. Yeah, yeah, it, it's incredible, and we're really happy about it. Okay, now for the EcoBoost, that's only going to be available with the ten-speed auto. Is that correct? Correct, and you know, hashtag save the manual, right? STM. I know. Um, you know, the the popular, and we still have the the picture up in the offices when we used to work in the offices of the manual transmission on big eight and a half by fourteen that says America's number one anti theft device. <laughs> um, Absolutely, you know, it's true. But so on the EcoBoost customer. Um, it was a, a take rate, basically. Um, you know, it was more than 90% of the people who bought the EcoBoost bought it with the automatic. Right. So now on the performance package, so we're going to do an EcoBoost performance package on there. We'll still keep the paddle shifters for those that want to do it right. um, that are on there. But it, yeah, we went to the automatic. Now, hashtag save the manual, the Mustang <laughs> GT and the Dark Horse um, has two different flavors of the manual transmission, the MT-82. Um, which is our normal six speed. And then of course the Tremec 3160 box, you know, that powered the Mach one and you know, the GT 350, right. it will also be powering the dark horse. Wow. Okay. Well, we're getting ahead of ourselves a little bit. Yeah. Let's, let's, let's we're move to the GT. Of course the coyote returns. Um, and you know, this is a great, great story because the horsepower numbers went down a little bit. I guess it was last year. But 22, yeah, from 21 to 22. For some, um, for some EPA, tuning. 
Yeah, EPA. yeah, EPA regulations, and um, you know the, the the technology is there, obviously. But when the regulation changed, it did take ten horsepower out. But, but this is going to fix that. <laughs> <laughs> it is the fourth generation Coyote motor, right? So if you think about it, we have the electric Mach-E, right? That the that the Mach-E Mustang. That if you wanted a Mustang type feel and drive, that you can get the electric. And unlike others in the segment who have said things about leaving internal combustion, we are delivering two all new internal combustion engines because we know our customers, you know, want to have the choice between the electric that you can get on the, you know, Mustang Mach-E or the internal combustion engine on the seventh gen coupe. And it is all new. I'm sorry, not all new. It is the fourth generation Coyote motor with dual airbox induction to a central throttle body. Yep. You know, and the, the 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 Coyote is known for being able to use substantially more of its displacement than some of the competitors. And that flow free flowing airbox allowed dueling coming in has allowed our engineers to take it to the next level. It will be the highest horsepower Mustang GT5 liter we have ever done. Wow. Hmm. Wow, that is big news. I mean, that's and yeah, it it that's it's it's just sounds so good from the factory list. That it's the best sounding vehicle from the factory. Yeah, I think. Uh, yeah, don't leave. If you buy one, leave it alone. Don't, <laughs> you don't, uh, well, okay. don't put all I, the aftermarket. I can't stuff. help myself less. I love doing stuff to it. So like my girlfriend's son who has an 06, um, it's got a crate motor in it. Uh, it was one of Core Motorsports cars. We made him take the roll bar out. Um, he did like control arms. We took my KR exhaust and put it on there. Um, hmm. Eddie Kahn, the engineer, the, the chief vehicle engineer uh, who replaced Tom Barnes, who was on there for, you know, as long as I have been on Mustang. Um, he pushed the sound to the most allowable maximum <laughs> that we can get and still be legal. And then you have the active valve exhaust that you as a consumer can choose track use only, right. please. Um, and flip open the, the valve to make that sound even throatier. Right. Right. That's right. Yeah, that is that is cool stuff. Uh, well, we are talking with Jim Owens, who uh, is, <laughs> I was going to say, is Mustang, <laughs> which is big, but he, he lives Mustang. And we're, when we come back, we're going to talk more about the seventh generation, a very special dark horse model coming up. And uh, we're going to delve into some technology, too. So stay tuned to Cruise Control, Fred Staub and Les Jackson. We will be right back. Cruise Control is your on-air automotive magazine. Check us out at CruiseControlRadio.com. Cruise Control. And welcome back to Cruise Control, your on-air automotive magazine. Fred Staub and Les Jackson. And we're also joined by Jim Owens, who's talking about an incredible seventh-generation Mustang and uh, we were talking a little bit uh, in the break about how it was a very smart play for Ford to be able to uh, continue building internal combustion Mustangs when the, because they have the Mustang Mach-E, which is a great vehicle on its own. But right now, um, I want to ask Jim about, well, the dark horse, because we've <laughs> got to cover that. And that is, 
We don't know official horsepower numbers, but they're saying somewhere around 500. That's what I've read, Jim. We're targeting, Ed Krenz got up there and said when we revealed that we're targeting 500 horsepower. Um, I've been doing Mustang since Gen 4, and um, I've, not been, I've not been part of one that's missed its target. <laughs> okay. So 500, yeah. 500 horsepower, naturally aspirated, same GT motor that we talked about with substantially different internals. Um, to get the horsepower in that, in that five liter Coyote, because it has so much use of its cylinder capacity, um, bringing in the air to revving it at higher RPM. So it's not like GT350 RPMs, right? It's not 8250 redline, but it's gonna be higher RPM redline that allows us to take more of it out there um, and deliver on its promise. Um, it is going to be the pinnacle of Mustang five liters that we've done, naturally aspirated five liters. Um, it, it, the suspension, like we talked about, the Tremec box that's in there, um, the, 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 the new Pirelli tires on there for the tennis shoes to hold you there. It is um, going to be an absolute beast on the road course. Um, and an awful lot of fun at the, the, the quarter mile shots too. Um, you can see from the design, it's uniquely different. It's our first time we've ever put a forward facing horse on the car, right? So if you go back and, and John Clore and our historian, Ted Ryan and Jamie Myler at the archives, like we dug through it to make sure we could say that we've never put a forward facing horse on it. It's always been the left to right running pony right? Um, that, that's on the tri bar, that's on the front. And it's the thing you didn't see coming. Right. Right. When you see that dark horse logo, it's the it's that broody, um, more powerful mare that's running through there that delivers on that Mustang promise. And we can't wait for customers to get into it. Now, this is uh, the, you talk about racing, Jim, and racing is a big part of Mustang. It was announced yeah. that you're going everywhere, basically, even Le Mans. Right. Yeah, it, it, and Bill Ford announced the Lamar piece, which was kind of cool and made a, a lot of us smile. But if you think about it, like when we launched the Gen 5 and the Gen 6, we had, you know, crate-type racing vehicles and series that we raced in. You know, this is the first time when we've launched a Mustang that we've had all of the racing vehicles there, um, including something fun on the Formula Drift side, you know, hashtag keep the surprise uh, that you're gonna see from a drifting standpoint from Vaughn and Chelsea. But we had all of those cars there ready to be able to like the design of the current Mustang, that seventh gen is aero, it, it is the, uh, lowest coefficient of drag car that we've ever had and the highest downforce that we're able to generate on the base Mustang. So when you can do those two items, then the plethora of that, you know, pyramid of, of race cars that you had there from the Dark Horse R and the Dark Horse S and the GT3 and the GT4 and the drag car that we had there, um, you're able to develop those in conjunction with the base car so that you know even this week the super eight cars down in australia are testing like wow. we're ready to go with this next gen mustang on the racing side wow uh i i can't wait to see mustang go to le mans i love uh, i love the quote uh you know mustang <laughs> will go back to le mans and we will go like hell <laughs> yeah it goes Which like is... hell the old aj bain book that yep. you know documented the the trip to Le Mans and the Ford GT program, the GT 40 program, and then returning 50 years later and finishing, um, you know, one, two, three, well, one, two, and four, uh, damn, we're down close to duplicating <laughs> one, two, three again. Um, 
you know that 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 attitude is embraced in the Mustang and and will be able to be demonstrated in the seventh gen. Now, Jim, uh, let's talk a little mm. bit about technology. You've really changed up the interior. You know, some people have done this really well. I know one manufacturer has not done it well, but I'm hoping Ford <laughs> has done this well, where a lot of the knobs and physical controls are removed in favor of a big screen. Um, so it's... It, what's it, the Fred, thinking there? Yeah, Fred, you know, I, I'm relatively old school, right? Yeah. Um, I have two of the Gen 5s and one of the Gen 6s. Um, you know, I'd love to get a Fox body, but, you know, my three daughters are one still in college and all three of them are and they're to be getting married. hot. Yep. They're getting hot. <laughs> right? <in> Fox bodies. <laughs> so, so, you know, I don't have the money to go out and get the Fox body yet, but what I, I sat there and said to the media, um, I can't sit in a Mustang without either hitting the power button or turning the old fashioned key, um, within 10 seconds. Like I want to feel that throaty rumble. I sat for 50 minutes in this car just setting up the technology for me to play with <laughs> it is developed with the unreal gaming technology so the younger generation who's grown up with phones and rocket league games and the forza settings that same technology that runs those games are actually generating those images live in your car so you can sit there and actually choose your exhaust, choose your suspension setting, choose your mode, choose your gauge packs in there, change your directions of it in a screen that is center stack connected at 13.2 inches and then the instrument panel 12.4 inches behind a single pane of glass that wraps you in to make you feel like you're in a cockpit. Now, it is the most revolutionary piece of the sev of the generations of Mustang. If you remember, we designed most of those Mustangs with the twin brow, right? Mm -hmm. Twin inside brow, matching passenger right. and, and driver. And in this version, in this generation, we have wrapped it to a cockpit. And you can see on the screen where you can spin your vehicle there. That's like <laughs> a, a gen game generated Mustang. And I'm still surprised that the automotive safety office let us do all this stuff, right? I mean, it is like, it is so much fun to be able to personalize your display and Mustang to the performance attributes that you want, including not only the drive mode, but like our drift brake yes. that, is, that is available in there. So we're excited about the technology and as a special little nod uh, to our, you know, we have the old school heritage version of the gauges that you could select, which is the Fox body one, right? Like if you, if you, if you wanted to go old school, we can change the set of the gauges to represent the old Fox body, including the green color that we used to do at night. You mean the, oh, the, that's, the that's display, cool. you can't physically yeah. change them. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No. No, you can't and physically it looks, change it, but the display graphically can do yeah, it. Yeah, it looks, and just a little bit we're seeing on the screen, it looks fairly intuitive. Uh, it which is, is important because You know, I have trouble, how do I say this? I'm as old as the Mustang, right? <laughs> so I have trouble, you know, getting the various download services for TV. And, you know, I pine for the day where you just go to cable and you could select all of it, Right. Um, so I'm somewhat uh, hard to train in technology. I literally could sit down there and play with it to see the different things to literally, I spent 50 minutes in the studio, not starting the car and, and it is intuitive, but it, part of it is about the personalization 
right? You know, my favorite car, Mach 1, 71, you know, blue with silver stripes. I'd probably put Krager wheels and a Hertz shifter on it. There you Personalization go. now today would be more about the technology for the younger generation. And this technology uh, suits and fits the, you know, the in the focus groups, the the youngers, the, the Gen Zs and the late millennials were like, hey, it's about time and how cool. And then, you know, boomers, you know, consumption customer like me, one of the guys sat in there and said on the research, he goes, I think I could fire a missile from this. Thing. <laughs> well, so we've done a really good job on the on the technology and then the technology for the drift brake, which is just so much fun. Like Vaughn told me in 2010 that I was untrainable drifting. <laughs> well, uh. well, Jim, we're going to have to jump off here. People want information on the Mustang. Where do they go? Ford.com Mustang on the site. You can learn all about the seventh generation Mustang, Fred. All right. And Fred, Les, it's always fun talking with you guys. Well, I think you it's great talking it. to you. Can't wait to get in one. Yeah. Yep. And we'll, we'll get you the key. We'll, I'll reach over here and get you the yeah, key. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Cruise Control streams live every Saturday starting at 10 a.m. Eastern. Watch us live on Facebook and YouTube. Details are in this podcast's episode information.